Hello, Blackhawks fans, and welcome to the Four Feathers podcast. I know you are used to hearing Johnny Nani at the start of these shows. I am Ron Luce, however, and I'm joined today by the one, the only, Mr. At Tony on Tap on Twitter, Tony Marchese. Sir, for starters, how are you doing? It's Friday. I'm doing great, Ronald. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think this is the first show that uh, you and I have have done this year. Am I correct? Without without Mr. Jonathan uh, at I the helm, so right. you know the boss is away, and we're just gonna go talk about Blackhawks hockey. Uh, the boss of the Blackhawks show that is Jonathan. Adi. He is out of town this weekend. I'm doing fantastic, Ron. How are you? I'm good. It's Friday. Uh, I think it's a well-needed weekend. I think a lot of uh, people uh, can agree. I've asked a lot of people myself, but it felt like a really long week for some reason. So uh, it, it's a good Friday to uh, to hashtag crack them. We certainly hope you do uh, while you're listening to this show as a podcast. And uh, But Tony, we have some big news to talk about. We'll just dive right into this thing. Um, obviously, the Blackhawks, you know, kind of struggling, not playing the greatest of hockey, and, and I'm sure we'll have a, a an episode next week, right, of probably all three of us. Johnny will probably be back with us uh, for that next week. But before he does, little instant reaction to a big move that happened in the world of Blackhawks hockey today. Obviously, as most NHL fans know, the NHL trade deadline is quickly approaching. March 21st this coming Monday is when that happens. I believe it's 4 o'clock Eastern uh, daylight time is when that uh, deadline officially hits. But teams have been busy already. We've seen some big trades. For example, Ben Sherratt departing Montreal, getting a first-round pick from Montreal. So people started feeling a little optimistic that sellers at this deadline were going to be able to uh, to get some big hauls. And uh, speaking of a big haul, the Blackhawks did just that today. Uh, they traded Brandon Hagel and two fourth-round picks in 2022 is one of them, and in 2024 is the other fourth, uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are obviously very much a contender, uh, for a pair of prospects slash young players. They've, they've been up in the NHL a little bit this season. Uh, and two first-round picks, uh, those first-round picks coming in 2023 and 2024. Uh, and the two players are Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk uh, that we will dive into here in a minute. But Tony! Quick initial thoughts on the Brandon Hagel trade, uh, because anybody that's been looking around Twitter today has noticed uh, it's been very negative. Yeah, you know, Ron, uh, Brandon Hagel is a, is a fan favorite, and you know he is one of the types of guys that uh, a lot of people uh, liked and and thought could grow into that next Blackhawks competitive team. I was one of them. I, I definitely thought that Brandon Hagel is is the kind of the kind of player that the Blackhawks have lacked over the course of the last few seasons where you've seen them also struggle. He kind of filled that Andrew Shaw role, so to speak. And I think that that's part of the reason why uh, a lot of people liked him on the ice, but off the ice, Brandon Hagel also, you know, he, he, he lived up to the, to the Hagel name. There was times where he bought the city of Chicago bagels from Dunkin' Donuts. Um, he's just a fun type of player to root for. Um, and that was something that the Blackhawks kind of desperately needed after coming off those cup years, uh, struggling a little bit, having somebody that's easy to get behind. Uh, and that was Brandon Hagel. And he also, like I said, he performed on the ice. So it's sad to see a guy like Hagel go. Just a couple of weeks ago, Coach Derek King made some comments about, you know, you can't move this guy. He was, I'm, I'm sure, as much as he was a fan favorite on the ice, off the ice, he was probably equally as loved in that locker room, Ron. Um, so you take a little bit of chemistry off the off the team here uh, going down the stretch where it's already 
you know, I, I, what would you say, uninspiring, Ron, uh, to be playing at this point in time Un- in the season? Uninspiring is a very good word, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of uninspiring. And a guy like Hagel who goes out there and plays, you know, just as if every game was a playoff game, uh, you remove that from this team and, and, and you start to look at what we're really faced with. Initial thoughts, I kind of echo, uh, you know, what, what Kyle Davidson said after the trade. Um, and this came out about two hours ago. Uh, I'm just reading this off of uh, the Blackhawks Twitter uh, where Davidson uh, spoke and said, I said a few weeks ago that we're rebuilding, and this is clearly the start of that. That's the first thing out of Kyle Davidson's mouth, and that's the first thing that comes to mind for me when I look at this trade. This is a rebuild trade. It's going to hurt. Ron, you just went through this with the Cubs. I went through it with the White Sox before. You're seeing the Bears do some of that. That's arguable. I know you can go check out Bears on Tap to get some thoughts and comments on that one. But this is the Blackhawks version of it, and the first one hurts. That's first impressions, Ron. Yeah, the first one does hurt. And, and Tony, I completely agree with you. I think Brandon Hagel has been playing admirably well this year. Uh, was the first player on the team not named Alex to bring it to 20 goals. Uh, I think that's certainly worth mentioning. He actually beat Patrick Kane to said metric, even though uh, Patrick Kane might be the hockey, hottest player in hockey right now, uh, given this latest stretch that he's on. Uh, but yeah, fourth in points, um, only two behind Seth Jones for third on the team was Hagel, 37 points from 21 goals, 16 assists before the trade today. And yeah, I think he was a very beloved player. You know, he he kind of his the way he played. Um, you you said it best with the Andrew Shaw style, right? Like Chicago loves the blue collar player. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just it's a blue collar city. Uh, don't be fooled that we're the third largest city in population, probably soon to be fourth if Houston continues to grow the way they are. Nonetheless, a top five city in the nation. Uh, don't be fooled just because it's a top five city. It is very much a city that stands on broad shoulders and it is a blue collar town. And as such, uh, those people that inhabit said blue collar town love their blue collar players. And Brandon Hagel was that. But like you said, Tone, it is very much a rebuild. And this is very much a rebuild trade. And I think initial thoughts and and reaction myself uh when the news was dropped very early because for anybody that followed along on twitter uh frank spaghetti and meatballs uh just tweeted the hawks are dealing Brandon Hagel. didn't give any other clarification at the time because that's all he had heard you gotta love you gotta love this report from from frank here like i want to i kind of just break this down you're scrolling Twitter, and you know the best thing about scrolling Twitter sometimes is when you get some of that sports news that's that's just kind of ambiguous, like Hagel's being nowhere. traded. Frank yeah. knows what he's doing. He wanted to incite people like you and I, Ron, when we read that and go, what's going on, to dig yep. in further for it. Absolutely, and that's exactly what happened. Um, but, you know, when he announced that, my initial thought was this has to be a big hole because – Brandon Hagel is only 23 years old, still a very young player, probably on one of the best contracts in the NHL, only making a million and a half uh, for this season and for the next two seasons after this one. So certainly a very favorable contract for a young player that is producing, uh, albeit on a very bad Blackhawks team right now, but still producing. But when you can get two first round picks on a team that already has historically been starved for draft capital, thanks to one Stan Bowman when he was running the show, uh, this is good. This is what you need as a rebuilding organization is draft capital for the future. You get two firsts. Sure, they're not in this year's draft. Uh, but again, if you listen to the draft insiders that cover the NHL, 
A lot of them think this is a very weak draft coming out here in 2022. So maybe that is okay if they're punting on, you know, hey, we want the 2022 first, but we'll get it to a, a 23 and a 24. And you get two really good young players that have a lot of upside. And like you said, that's what you need when you're rebuilding. And I, that's just kind of how I'm taking it. Am I going to miss Brandon Hangel? Absolutely. I, and I hope I hope he does well in Tampa. I hope it, it works out for him. I hope with this contract that he's on, you know, is up. He gets a very nice payday after it. I'm sure he will if he continues to produce the way he has. You know, but when I when I look at this as a Blackhawks fan, Tony, crack him. It is it is very much the now. Nah, there's the gut punch, right? But here's the rebuild. Like this is the start officially in my mm-hmm. eyes of the rebuild, right? Because we got this we, you know, weird song and dance last year. The Blackhawks go trade a bunch of capital to get Seth Jones. You know, they, they make a couple other moves. They bring in Tyler Johnson to help, you know, mitigate the cap with Seabrook's contract going away. You know, they make all these kind of like on paper kind of good looking moves to excite fans. And then they come out and have arguably the worst start in the NHL. And even playing 500, maybe a little better than 500 hockey under Derrick King, they're still so far out of the playoff picture because of that start when Colleton was still the head coach. So, you know, Tone, I, I really do. It's just you said it best. It, it hurts. It does hurt. I, I like Brandon Hagel. But at the same time, if we are going, we have to put the, the, the kind of the long-term glasses on, so to speak, here and say for the future, for what the Blackhawks got for a guy that, is arguably maybe ceiling is like a middle six forward. This is a huge return for a guy like Brandon Hagel that as long as it's done correctly, and obviously that's a big what if, this is this is what the Blackhawks need if they're going to truly rebuild in the next, you know, three to five years like Kyle Davidson has kind of hinted. Yeah, Ron, so that that my my impact or takeaways, the impact that this trade's going to have on the Blackhawks is not going to be decided in my opinion. Uh, by either of the prospects they got back. It's how they're going to rebuild as a whole through the draft. This is a portion of it. Yes, everybody will come back to this trade in a couple of years and say, what did they do with those conditional first-round draft picks? Did they turn out? Did they pan out? You're going to need to grade this trade on on a whole with the rest of this rebuild. These are shots in the dark, but two first round picks. Two, two additional first-round picks to this uh, Blackhawks, I guess, what you're going to call rebuild pile of draft picks, are going to be very, very important picks in the grand scheme of things. It's only the first trade. We'll see what else they do at the deadline here. But I don't think you're done dealing off pieces and trying to acquire some of that talent, which it looks like with, with, this, with this trade round, you can start to set time frames the impact that these picks are going to have specifically the 2023 first round pick. And yeah, it's probably going to be a late pick, like you said, Um, and 2024 may be late as well. Uh, But you're probably looking at some guys, depending on where, how these drafts stack up that should be ready around 25, 26 Ron to start contributing at the NHL level, potentially when you're going to see both of those guys together. So you're setting the bar pretty far into the future here. But if we're realistic and we're looking back at what we said on the last episode when we talked about this rebuild, three to five years, there it is. So I'm looking at it right now, and I say you can't really grade this trade and say that the Hawks made a good one until probably 25, 26. 
And that just is what it is. It's going to hurt right now. You have to be hopeful for the future. And you have to put some some trust into the organization and say, don't fuck this one up down the line. Because in 25-26, you might be staring Stanley Cup champion Brandon Hagel in the face and looking back at that and saying, wow, this guy developed even further than what you thought he could be. Or you could be looking back at this and saying, that was an absolute steal. And it's one of the reasons the Hawks are competitive right now. It's going to probably be one or the other. Just the way that, you know, people kind of evaluate these things. But that's what it is right now. And we're not going to be able to grade it for a while. So there's really not much for me to look at outside of the two the the, the two uh, guys they got in return in uh, Boris and Taylor. And I'll let you uh, talk about them because I'm not even going to try and pronounce their last names right now. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. So we will dive in uh, just quickly into the two players that the Blackhawks got uh, in just a second. But Tony, I just want to add, I agree wholeheartedly, and I love the way you put it, right? And really in any trade in sports, it is not able to be graded at the time. And everybody tries to, right? Oh, this was a great trade. This was not a great trade. You don't know shit yet. Let's be honest here. And that's just how we have to take it as Blackhawks fans here is – this trade is going to develop in three to five years, and we will find out if it truly was a great trade. Like you said, whether it's Hagel continues to develop, he's a steal for the Lightning, they win a cup, maybe another two cups, who the hell knows, uh, while he's on this contract down there. You know, and if, if he's a part of their future in Tampa after guys like Stamkos potentially are on their way out, you know, who knows? Who knows what it's going to look like when that time comes, but you know, like you said, it really depends on what they do with the picks. It depends on how these two players that they acquired develop. Uh, there's still a lot of what ifs to the trade. Mm -hmm. But like you said, at least we can turn our focus to the two players they got because these guys realistically are going to play up immediately with the Blackhawks. They have nothing to lose. Let them get said NHL experience. So let's dive in real quick to each of these players. First player is right winger Taylor Radish. Uh, Radish might sound like a name that jumps off the board to a few Blackhawks fans out there because his older brother Darren was actually a defenseman and spent time in the Blackhawks organization um, pretty much entirely with the Ice Hogs before he was ultimately moved, I believe, to the Rangers. And then I think he's now overseas actually playing over in Europe somewhere. So nonetheless, younger brother Taylor Radish, he was a second round pick by the Tampa Bay Lightning back in 2016. Fun fact. He played his amateur hockey with the Erie Otters. Bah, 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 bah. He actually played on a line with Dylan Strom and Alex DeBrinkett at one time in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I love the sound effects that you just yeah. inserted right there. Until I know how to use these little background uh, sound effects that that StreamYard had here, Tone, I gotta I gotta just use my own. But so Taylor Radish, there's a connection already to guys on this Blackhawks roster. Um, 53 games with the Lightning this year. Uh, only 12 points, but don't let that misguide you and think he's not a good player because he's only been playing about 11 minutes of ice time. Uh, and actually, most nights, it's a lot less than that. That's just an average. Uh, for example, the last game that he played before the trade here, he only played eight minutes of ice time. So it's kind of hard as a young player, especially on a loaded roster like Tampa, when you're playing in the bottom six and probably on the fourth line to really see a lot of ice time. But he has won, had very good numbers um, throughout his junior career. Uh, for example, in Erie, um, way back uh, in 2016-17, he actually had 109 points in 58 games uh, and actually had 29 points in 27 games with the AHL Syracuse Crunch uh, just this past season before ultimately seeing time with the Lightning. Uh, so he is one of the two players. The other one is another former second-round pick of the 2016 draft by the Lightning, and his name is Boris Katuch. Uh, Boris Kachuch. 
Kachuk. Sorry, see, Tone, you, 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 there you telling is. people, you telling people, you didn't want to mess it up, and it like threw my psyche off, and I messed it up. Hey. Boris Kachuk. You have to think about it like Kachuk, but you just got to say it more with an ooh in it at the end. You know what I mean? That's gotta, an excellent pronunciation on a Friday afternoon here. Gotta, gotta, gotta say it from the chest a little bit. Boris Kachuk, um, he has also seen time for the first time this year with the Lightning. Is also 23 years old. Um, as we noted, kind of uh, before you and I jumped on, he and Radish about the same age. Uh, only six points, two goals, four assists in 38 games. But again, his average ice time this season has been under 10 minutes. Um, so that again just goes to show. And four games ago, he only logged seven minutes and 22 seconds of ice time so again as a young player in tampa right now it's hard to be breaking into significant minutes i was gonna say Uh, if if you're if you're done for on the tampa bay lightning your ice time is probably gonna look a little different in chicago right now that's okay we're in a rebuild yeah and and that's a good thing for these guys and i think that's what's gonna make it fun because now that hagel's out of the lineup you're you're probably i wouldn't be shocked once these guys get here, I don't know what the timetable looks like. They're probably not going to play tomorrow. They maybe have an outside chance. I think the Hawks play back-to-back games this weekend. They might play Sunday. Um, if not Sunday, it'll probably be, I believe, Tuesday then is the next opportunity. Get them on a plane uh, now. Get them on a plane now. Well, You're good to go tomorrow. It, it depends. Well, it depends if they get to Chicago in time. It's more what I'm just saying because the, the trade is technically not official with the league office yet. So yeah. that's, you know, until physicals and all that gets settled through. Uh, you know, it's it, they're not physically going to be here yet. But once they are here, throw them in the lineup. Play Taylor Radish with Stroman to bring it. Why the hell? Not, well, assuming Strom doesn't get traded before Monday too. But you'll play them with those two. Why the hell not? See if they have that Iriotter chemistry again. And then on the flip side with a guy like Boris Kachuk, maybe you play him with a Jonathan Taves and a Kirby Doc. Maybe you play him a little lower, maybe in a third line role. Um, you know, I'd like to see these guys get some some special teams time. Like, Give them as many minutes as you physically can. Because like you said, Tone, we're in a rebuild, and it's only going to benefit these guys in the future if they're playing big minutes. Mm-hmm. At this point in time in the season, Ron, you're going to start to see some some more limited minutes. I would ex- I would assume from you know the Jonathan Taves and the you know the Seth Jones and maybe Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinket. You're going to start to see some diminishing minutes. I would think just down the stretch here, right? I would I would think, especially if these are guys that the Blackhawks look at and say, yeah, you're a part of the future. We're not going to risk injuring you by trying to play, you know, Kane and Debrinket 20 nights, 20 minutes a night. But I, I, I have a weird sneaking suspicion that they're still going to end up playing 19, 18 minutes a night. It might not be as diminished as we, we originally thought, but you would like to see more balanced roll through a four lines. That way you are keeping your guys, especially in the top six, a little more fresh. Yeah. I mean, that's just the thought. It, it probably won't happen. You'll probably still see Patrick Kane grab a 22, <laughs> 22 minute night. Absolutely. Um, Seth, Seth Jones is yeah. going to be getting a 28 minute night here and there, you know, it's yeah. going to happen. I mean, it, it'll, it'll happen, but I guess for all intents and purposes, what I'm trying to say is there should be a little bit more leeway given to Derek King as we get through the end of the season here, especially post trade deadline, depending on how many moves are made to kind of loosen it up and let some of these guys get some looks. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm actually excited to see these guys get looks to me now, especially when, you know, we've, we've all been talking about it at various times, whether we've been on the shows together tone with you, myself and Johnny, or whether we've just been together and just talking separately in general conversation. This Blackhawks team right now has been at a weird point where it's like, it's almost 
we get up because we are diehards to watch the Blackhawks, but it is very hard to get motivated to find something that intrigues you to watch this team outside of the fact that just watching Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkit is a treat in itself and worth the price of admission more nights than not. Now you at least have something with these two guys to kind of analyze as a fan for the rest of the year. How do they play given more opportunity? Sure. Are they probably going to struggle at times? Yeah. They're brand new to the NHL. Neither one of these guys had seen above AHL until this season. So, you know, they're, they're, they're probably going to be a little rusty, especially playing in bigger minutes, right? Like they were both sheltered in Tampa because they don't need them to play big minutes in Tampa. They just needed to be depth guys. Now they can come in, they can develop a little bit. They can get extended looks. They can, they can log 14, 15 minutes of ice time a night, maybe. And all of a sudden, maybe we start to see these guys have a nice little run at the end of the year. Maybe Taylor Radish, you know, in the last just round numbers I'm going to use here. I'm not going to try and do math on a Friday afternoon, but you know, the last 30 games or 25 games of the season, maybe Radish puts up 18, 19 points. That would be awesome. You know what I mean? Same thing with, with, uh, with, um, Kachuk. I almost miss said it again. That was going to be really bad, but maybe I saw you slow down there. The the wheels had a sputter really quick in the brain, but you know, maybe, maybe Kachuk the same thing. Maybe he gets, you know, 14, 15 points in like 22, 23, 24 games. Like if these guys actually do have some level of production down the stretch, that's at least something for Blackhawks fans to get excited about because then you go, well, shit, now where do these guys fit in next season? Are they going to play top six roles? Are they going to be middle six guys? That's what you I know, was going to ask you, Ron. So, like, let's sure. give let's give the listeners just sort of a, a sense of where these guys can, can pan out to. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? Because I would assume both of these guys are going to be with the organization next season. This isn't just a – end of the year tryout type thing. Don't get attached to this guy. Like, I'm not saying don't get attached to either of these guys. I want to hear Ron try and say Kachuk a million times next season. So where where do you think both of these guys have the potential to wind up? And I know you're you're on the positive side with a lot of prospects. You you like to believe that everybody's going to reach their full potential to an extent, Ron. I've never seen you like kind of box out a prospect. So I think you're the perfect guy to give this kind of like analytical touch to this best case scenario for both of these guys in, in the next season here. I think a best case scenario given their size and admittedly, I'm going to probably go and watch highlights uh, a little bit tonight uh, of both of these guys while I'm also indulging in some Marcus Stroman Cubs baseball um, and watching and supporting a buddy of mine who's calling an, uh, an IFL arena game tonight uh, on YouTube. But you know, I, I really think these guys, in a perfect case scenario, become really good middle six players. And I say this with uh, the analogy to Blackhawks fans. Think of guys, you know, during kind of the wonder years that were the roles of the Andrew Lads of the world or of the Davey Bolins of the world or, you know, the Andrew Shaws of the world, the Brandon Sods of the world. These guys played up and down the lineup. There were nights that they got looks on the first line, quote unquote, when they were balancing out talent. It happened. Um, but realistically, if you were to to front load, you know, if you were to top load your top line, the rest of your talent, you know, filtered in on each of the lines, these guys probably should be middle six forwards. You know, they can play up in, in you know, a second line role. I think Radish might have a little more of a scoring touch, but I don't even know because Kachuk actually had better numbers in the AHL this season in only two more games, he had 34 points compared to Radish's 29 and 27. He did it 34 and 29 games with the Syracuse Crunch before his promotion. So, 
you know, what maybe one of these guys does develop to be more of that true like scorer. Like I'm a big scorer and I go to the net. That's maybe the guy that plays more in the second line role. And then maybe the other guy is more of a grinder, but still has a scoring touch. Uh, I think think Mackenzie and Whistle's ceiling. I think that is how all we see it. Like big guy, you know, power forward. I think that's where these two guys can end up if they develop properly. Uh, I think there's a lot of similar profiles, there. similar profiles, yes. play styles. And they are. And that's the funny thing. And here, like you look at these guys side by side, and this is just metrics and numbers. Obviously you got to go watch the film to truly understand a play style, but they're both, you know, six, two, six, three, 200 pounds. They're big guys. They both play the wing and their numbers offensively have been pretty similar throughout their careers as well. Uh, I think could, uh, Kachuk is the only one I have to look at quickly. Uh, yeah, his his uh, numbers in the CHL weren't as pretty, uh, per se, as one Taylor Radish. His, his, the most points he ever had was 85 and 58 games. Don't get me wrong, still scored 42 goals that year. So it's not like he's a, a total scrub here. But again, we mentioned Radish in that crazy good year with, with Stroman to bring it put up 109 points in the OHL. So, you know, maybe Radish is the one that has ultimately the little more scoring touch, but they both show that they can be very balanced players and they're almost the same like body profile, which I think is interesting too. So, you know, it, it really, this gives me the idea that like Kyle Davidson wants this team to get bigger. You look around the league and all the successful teams that are a bitch to play against. What are they? They all have size and they all have skill. And if you can find skilled size, you know, big guys, that's a win-win, you know, and that's what teams are trying to do. You look at the Vegas Golden Knights as a good example. You look at the Tampa Bay Lightning as a good example. These teams that are constantly you saw in teams get you, know. you saw a team get real. You saw a lot of teams get real fast, kind of how Tampa did it, kind of almost yeah. how the Hawks did it. Now you're seeing that that swing back, I think, Ron. And I think it's interesting just to think about it from the league perspective. Uh, how do you how do you slow down how do you slow down a, a team? You throw a bunch of big guys out there. Yeah. You, you beat them up. You, you get physical. Hockey's a physical game. Like, just because, you know, it's hockey and they're trying to cut back on fighting doesn't mean it's not a physical sport. There are still hits. You still got to go into the corners and, and check guys. And you got to be able to shield the, the puck away from guys. And if you're a big-bodied frame, that's only going to help. Well, it'll just be interesting to see because I haven't seen the full, you know, uh, comeback from the, the teams that want to build around a lot of smaller, fast guys. Um, to that that more physical style of play, and the Hawks haven't been a very physical team in a long time. Uh, when it comes to like just an overall team uh, style of play, they've had a couple of guys who have been on some rosters that played physical. Dustin Bufflin comes to mind. Brian Bickle comes to mind. You could even say Marion Hosa was a more physical type player. Um, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, some of those guys were physical. The Hawks were never built around, you know, six foot four, six foot three forwards who have that bulk and, and play that style round. Do you think it's going to make a comeback just as we close things down here? Do you think where do you think it's going to be when the Hawks actually, you know, are back in, in competition for the Stanley Cup? Is it going to still be the fast, you know, quick pace game as it is today? Or is it going to revert more towards a physical? You need to have the bodies on the ice that are going to be able to to sustain that, you know, um, just your thoughts. Yeah, I think we're I think we're going to start seeing it, it's right. Every sport evolves, right? Every sport 
as as generations come and go, they get bigger, they get stronger, they get faster. And I think at some point you're eventually just going to start to see superhumans in terms of physical specimens as hockey players, right? The guys that are 6'2 to 6'4 and can skate really well and, you know, maybe are 210 pounds of just pure muscle where they can do both, right? You can play the fast game when you need to, but then you can also get down and dirty when you need to. And I think we're going to see that eventually. And it's already starting to happen. Colorado's kind of that way too a little bit. But at the same this time, this is what I want be- Kirby Doc to develop into. Yes, and I think I think that's what everybody wants Kirby Doc because he has the size. He just needs to learn how to use his size and continue to get stronger. He is only 21, so there is still plenty of time for him to develop into a good NHL player. I don't think it's time to give up on Kirby Doc just yet, but I absolutely agree with you, and I think we're going to start to see more of that, right? You'll still have the guys on the team like your Alex Debrinkets of the world and your Patrick Kane's of the world, not the biggest guys, but are elite scorers and, and can get the job done. But you're also going to start to see, I think, a lot more of these, you know, the McKenzie Entwistles and, and you know, the Kachuks and the Radishes of the world in terms of size be the guys that fill out the rest of the roster and and really start helping bring kind of what I think is going to become the, the new NHL is this like hybrid. They're just big maulers that can also skate like the wind and shoot like a guy that's five foot nine. So I think that's where the game is ultimately going. And I think Davidson recognizes that. And I think that's why he might've really wanted these two guys in this trade. Very excellent, Ron. I I love your explanation. Uh, I love the insight and analysis into both of the guys that uh, the Hawks are going to get back in this deal. Um, This was good. It was good to talk about, uh, you know, just some instant reactions to the first part of this Blackhawks rebuild. Ron, I don't really have much else. What What do you got? Yeah, I I don't have much else either. But before we uh, close down with some final words, Tony, I do just want to remind everybody uh, that Four Feathers Podcast is the official Blackhawks podcast of the ONTAP Sports Network. Then go ahead and check out all of our great work over at www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ONTAP Sportsnet on social media. You can follow the pod-specific accounts. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod. Um, you can follow myself. I am at Loose on Tap on Twitter. Tony is at Tony on Tap on Twitter. And Johnny is at Nani Johnny on Twitter. He flips his name around on the old uh, username on the uh, the Bluebird app. You can follow all of us there. And not only do we have good Blackhawks coverage, Tone, but we got the Bulls. We've got the Bears. And we got both sides of town for baseball. You cover the White Sox as a part of Sox on Tap. I cover the Cubs as part of Cubs on Tap. Um, and we have plenty of other great stuff. Gambling. Uh, some of the minor league teams that inhabit Chicago and so much more that we cover over at ONTAP Sportsnet. So once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com at ONTAP Sportsnet on social media, the ONTAP Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on ONTAP in Chicago sports. And Tone, one more thing. I want to remind everybody, go over to our friends at Bet Rivers and use promo code ONTAP to get a $250 deposit match of up to $250, that is. When you sign up mobily, because mobile betting is back. So we yes, can sign is. up mobily again. We don't got to be in person anymore here in the state of Illinois. It's uh, March so Madness. Sure. Yes, it's March Madness. Go put some bets in with Bet Rivers. Use our code when you sign up. Get 250 free bucks if you put in 250 bucks. And uh, go win some money. And then go check out our boys over at Ontap Bets, and they'll help you win some money. Because Joey, Rick- Joey Ricard is on a fucking heater right now. He is, uh, and you, you haven't bet. mentioned the TikTok. We had a, we're 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 doing some some picks of the day over on TikTok. Our, our guy are. Joey, who runs on Tap Bets, has been doing a wonderful job over there. So if you like winning money, uh, tune in, subscribe to uh, the TikTok thing that all the kids are doing these days, and, and go <laughs> find uh, Joey Ricotta out there. Uh, he's also a Cubs on uh, on Tap contributor. 
Sure is. See him on some bear stuff as well. But Joey knows how to bet if Joey knows how to do anything. And he'll go win you some money. So take that $250 and go turn it into more with Joey and on tap bets. Absolutely. And I love, I love tone. I love how you refer to TikTok. You you try to make yourself sound so old. You're not that old. Stop. I'm, I'm just <laughs> withering away over here. Uh, but yeah, Tony, I mean, like you said, man, it's it, good time to come to a close. We just wanted to stop in on four feathers here and chat a little bit about the Hagel trade. I'm sure, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the three of us with Johnny Nani included, will probably be back uh, sometime next week discussing the trade deadline in full and as well as just what the outlook of the Blackhawks for the rest of the 2021-22 season is going to look like here in Chicago. Tony, any final thoughts before we close today's showdown? You know, final thoughts, just like I said earlier, uh, you look at this trade, it's not gonna, you're not going to be able to grade it for a couple of years. So you, you, you talked about some of the negativity that's online right now. Um, you know, if you listen to this and, and you kind of uh, have some of those negative thoughts about where this is going, I, the, my, my I guess reaction to that is, you know, this is going to be painful. We're going to have to sit back and, and wait this one out. If you don't have faith in uh, the Blackhawks organization to go turn that around and draft the right picks, well, you you have you are you are free to have your opinion on that. I can I'm going to get on a different show with you guys and we'll talk about that in more depth um, because you know it, it's like I said, it's going to be a long time before we're able to dissect this one, know exactly how it turned out and whether it went in the Blackhawks' favor in any way, shape, or form. Be patient with it. Enjoy Patrick Kane scoring more goals. I don't think he's going to get traded, knock on wood. But uh, it's going to be an interesting closeout to this Blackhawks season, and the next few days are going to be the most important days of the season because this is Kyle Davidson's chance to set this rebuild in the right direction. He's already started to take his steps. We'll see what else he does. And we're just here to watch and talk about it. Ron, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you there. Like you said, uh, it is going to be time before we can grade this trade. And it's probably going to be a few years before we're talking about competitive Blackhawks hockey again. But we are still going to be here for you at Four Feathers Podcast, breaking down the growth of some of these young players uh, and breaking down all the transactions as well as the play on the ice, just as we do as diehard Blackhawks fans. So, Tone. Thank you to you, sir, on this Friday evening for jumping on with me. Um, it's always a blast to talk Blackhawks hockey with you. And as I mentioned, the Four Feathers podcast will be back very soon uh, with a post-trade deadline episode sometime next week. And that will feature the two of us and our good buddy, Johnny Nani. From myself, Ron Luce, and Tony Marchese, we wish you guys a great rest of your weekend. Be sure to tune in with us over at ONTAP Sports and as we cover the trade deadline for the NHL. And we'll be back with you next week. Until then, hashtag crack em. And let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.